0: thinking
1: about me Always I love you <laughs> And I love you back Alright <laughs> We in this thing What's up y'all Dabbling in different things here and there Just trying to get our life figured out You dabble, I dib
0: Okay Yeah
1: Dabble and dib- Okay, mm-hmm. dab- yeah, that's cool You're the
0: dabbler, I'm the dibber
1: <laughs> I guess that's what you want to call it <laughs> You do be dibbing though you I You be do. dibbing in all kinds of shit Yes, I'm a big dibber. <laughs> the grown man voice (laughs) not with the grown man voice big dibble y'all don't know me and poison ivy we talk about things all the time everything and one of these moments of us actually talking to each other we came across a really big issue so it's about to go down in this episode are y'all ready do y'all have your seatbelts on buckle them up strap it down okay so here we go uh one of the biggest Issues that we've decided to tackle together is toxic masculinity slash roles and the lesbian diaspora. Where do we even begin with that? Ugh. Because I know people look at us all the time and they're like, oh, I wonder which one is the masculine one, which one is the man? Rah, 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 rah. Like, uh, what the yeah, fuck? Yeah, like people, I think people just
0: assume that you are quote unquote the man. People just see you, of course, they think she's got pants on, she dresses like this, she's the man. And first of all, anyone who doesn't know the definition of what a lesbian is, there's no one that's a man. That's a completely different definition. So I think that people need to break that down, break down
1: what the stereotypes are, what the realities are, you know what I'm saying? And that's what we're here to do break down the stereotypes versus the realities in the lgbtq plus diaspora wow you, you got it all in there so as far as let's start with like the overall umbrella of the topic at hand and that's toxic masculinity because i in my opinion that's where it all stems from yeah yeah i really think so how do you, you know. Know, how do you define it like how do you define that term well i have my own definition of mm-hmm. course and i have no problem sharing that with you but I'm just going to give you like the Google definition to start and then we'll branch off from okay. that. So, the Google definition of toxic masculinity is the adherence to traditional male gender roles that consequently stigmatize and limit the emotions boys and men may comfort. Comfortab- Can I read? Comfortably. May comfortably express while elevating other emotions such as anger. Mm-hmm. So
0: it's basically just saying that men, quote unquote men, aren't supposed to be sensitive. Men aren't supposed to be gentle. Men aren't supposed to be anything that's identified as quote unquote feminine. Men are supposed to be strong, angry, bold, and all those harsh directed qualities yes. whereas that's a man thing and a woman thing is this right and it definitely flows into what the lesbian relationship is it's like okay well she dresses like a boy
1: so she's supposed to do this manly thing and this manly thing and that manly thing and it's like whoa that's absolutely where the male gender roles term comes into play first of all i personally don't even understand why there is a male gender role quote-unquote uh, statement when dealing with lesbians well, or I mean, women.
0: I mean, we're programmed that way because I'll admit I was the same way. I, I think we all have that somewhat in us, no matter how hard we try not to. But I think that being conscious of it is another thing because, like I said, it's programmed. It's programmed from the time we're born, and just being aware of it compared to what I was, let's say five years ago, for example. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> It's nothing. Oh, we're going to get into it. Oh. We're going to talk about it.
0: It's going to get juicy. Yeah, it is going to get very juicy. Juicy. So juicy. Very juicy.
1: I told you to put your seatbelts on. <laughs> Let's start at the bottom and work our way up. Okay. Let's start with masculinity. Mm-hmm. Does masculinity even have a gender, in your opinion? No, it doesn't have a gender at all. To me, masculinity
0: and femininity are just energies. Mm-hmm. And energy carries within everyone. Mm-hmm. We, we all have some level of masculine feminine somewhere in between and
1: everyone carries all of the above. Right. And as far as masculinity is concerned if you really want to dig deep into it like, women are built for women it tough are are for everything. It. Let's just be real. They ain't even ready for that conversation. <laughs> Black women yeah. are built for it tough. So, overall, you would say that a female would play a more masculine role, especially in today's day and age.
0: Yeah. I mean, how does one body that's suited for carrying a life for almost a year not be deemed
1: the strongest of the species? Right how i mean for me i'm not just saying this because i'm a woman these are just facts like when you just kind of look over it you know and don't get me wrong i'm not downplaying men either so for you guys out there we're not downplaying men at all right we're just saying and speaking from the role of a black female and the stereotype and against the stereotype actually yeah Well, let's get
0: into the lesbian aspect of it, because that's fun.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay. (laughs) So, the lesbian aspect of it. In my opinion, it's bullshit. Yeah. Complete, utter bullshit. I am a stud. I did not give myself the name stud. The LGBT society deemed me stud Mm -hmm. because of the way that I dress, the fact that I've never been with a man before, I don't have any children of my own, and I guess the masculinity part of it, which Mm -hmm. is crazy because Mm -hmm. there are tons of femmes that I know that are more masculine than I am. I have been called stud more than I've been called femme. And you're and you give off femme vibes.
0: Yeah. Quote unquote. I see those quotation marks you just did in the air. (laughs) Yeah.
1: (laughs) Quote unquote.
0: Yeah. Of course if I had to label myself, I'm I'm femme. But I'm not femme in the sense of, you know, I wear pink heels and go to Walmart or wherever and you know a puffy pink skirt and it's so many layers and
1: levels to it right so it is very fair to say that toxic masculinity takes place in the LGBTQ plus community heavily
0: even with me though I was confused for a minute as as feminine as I am and I'm not completely but as much as I am I was confused for a while I'm like am I a femme like am I what am I so many people come in and tell me that I'm a stud am I a stud am I a femme I don't know what I am like I don't I don't even know like I don't even know what the
1: definition of what I am is so because of society's terms it even sent you in a mental spiral
0: yeah and it's not like I cared but I was just trying to figure out how am I supposed to identify right and it's like okay well you just identify however
1: the hell you want to identify whatever you say is what you are So how did you get to a point where you were just like, you know what, I don't give a fuck what people think. I don't give a fuck what people say. This is what I'm going to label myself as and this is what I'm going to stand true to.
0: For me personally, I think it just came to a point where I was tired of trying to figure it out. And it's like, I've always considered myself to be this and I'm not going to put any more time into trying to figure out what I am. Just to appease on paper, this is what I am. Right. And I, even though I, and I enjoy confusing people. When it comes to that kind of thing, I enjoy confusing people. I feel you. People don't know where I'm coming from,
1: and that's good. And I'm glad you say that because even to dive into my background, fill you guys in on something as well. Like with me being a quote unquote stud, like I said st- it to you guys. Every
0: time she says that, she puts her fingers. Yeah, up Yeah, I in do. Quotation I put marks. the
1: quotes up because <laughs> it, it requires hand gesture. Mm-hmm. It requires it. So um, being a stud, when I was growing up. I can't say I had a lot of stud role models. Mm -hmm. I had a few Mm -hmm. um, because I'm a 90s teen. Mm -hmm. So there weren't many of them in my area that that I could cling on to to learn things from. But the one that I did hang out with, the one that I did cling on to, she kind of helped me figure things out based on what she knew. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? There was no... Motherfucking boys and girls clubs for gays and lesbians. Right, right. When I was growing up, there was no big brother, big sister, LGBTQ plus edition. Yeah. <laughs> right, there was none of that. So I just kind of followed her and I did things that she did and learned how to treat women a certain way based on what she taught me. And I kind of went from there. Now, as far as the fems that I was around, I learned a lot from them too. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, they taught me uh, what what a girl wants, kind of. Mm-hmm. Uh, they helped me figure out my place in the LGBTQ community. And in my head, I always thought, okay, a stud, number one, doesn't date other studs. <laughs> a stud, number two, never lets a girl go down on them. <laughs> They're touch-me-nots. <laughs> A stud is not supposed to let another girl touch them. Like, these are some of the things that I learned from the individuals that I spent time with growing up. Because I came out when I was 14 years old. Mm-hmm. So, I came out young, fresh, and right geared up, yeah, yeah, ready to learn what I need, needed to learn about how to please a woman and be with a woman, court a woman, you know. I think when I came out, I was in my 20s. Oh. Mm-hmm. coming out story is a whole nother episode so y'all gotta stay tuned for that but we're definitely gonna dive into that you so that's
0: yeah that's <laughs> gonna be a juicy one
1: <laughs> but uh back to what i was saying i had to dress a certain way granted i was really big on i didn't become big on fashion until like my mid-20s but fast forward to that when i got in my mid-20s is when i realized you know what I'm tired of all the limits of what a stud can do and can't do. Mm-hmm. I want to do what the fuck I want to do. Mm-hmm. I want to dress how I want to dress. That doesn't mean I transitioned to wearing dresses and pumps and shit like that. I still stayed dressing the same way that I dress, which is in men's apparel. I absolutely adore men's apparel. I love men's fashion.
0: Mill. Male- centered clothing is much more comfortable
1: it just is yeah it just is i think that's
0: why i don't wear dresses and heels i mean i used to but it's like
1: i'm not about to sit here and hurt my feet because i have to wear heels right and not only that because i decided okay i'm not gonna dress like the typical run-of-the-mill stud i don't want to just wear jeans and jays and t-shirts and fitted caps Mm -hmm. like that's just so basic to Mm -hmm. me i decided to take my apparel up a notch Mm -hmm. I decided that just like Jadenna I didn't want my best dress day to be in a casket Mm -hmm. so I started to pride myself on dressing up casually being creative with it being creative with it Mm -hmm. not only that going from wearing a basic tie to wearing bow ties Mm -hmm. so I taught myself how to tie bow ties that's how you snag me yes
0: you pulled me in with that that's how
1: i became the bow tie poster boy also i taught myself how to tie a regular necktie in about like 20 different ways shoes oh my goodness i'm in love 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 with boots i love wingtip shoes if there's a wingtip on it i fucks with it heavy You know what I'm saying? So I just started to take all of those different pieces and say, hey, you know, I want to make it my own. Mm -hmm. Not only that, I decided I like women. Not just feminine women. I like women. So I'm going to open up my horizon, broaden it a bit. And if another stud chick that dresses just as cool as me with a great personality and all the other entities that I need her to have Mm -hmm. finds interest in me. I'm gonna give her a chance. I mean, if she's sexy, she's sexy. If she's
0: sexy, what you supposed to do about that? I mean, hey, <laughs> right? Even for me, as my femininity, when I was younger, we'd come from. I was I was raised Jehovah's Witness, so we didn't go to church. We went to the Kingdom Hall. So coming from the Kingdom Hall, of course, I had to wear dresses because that's what girls do. They wear dresses. My father would make it a habit. We'd go to the store, the grocery store. We always went after the Kingdom Hall. I had a pair of pants and a shirt in the back seat waiting because I didn't want to even be seen in public with a dress on. <laughs> really? Yeah. I was like, I'm not going in that store. I need to go in the store to pick out what I want, but I'm not going in there in a dress. Fair enough. So it got to a point where I was older. I enjoy dresses to a point, but to me, it's just so many other ways I can dress other than putting on a dress.
1: Right. And you still know? be attractive. Right. Right. Not yeah. just for people, but to yourself. Because right. comfort... <laughs> people understand something. When you're comfortable, that's what matters the most. And that's what shows. And if people like you or are or they're attracted to you when you're in your comfort, mm-hmm. that's that's a big deal.
0: When you're comfortable with how you look, you're comfortable with how you feel, that's what shows on your face. That's what shows in your energy.
1: your Your it, body language. Yeah, everything. Absolutely. Back to me starting to open or broaden my horizon so that studs other studs out there in the community could put in applications
0: Mm -hmm. (laughs) I was I was very keen on those applications okay right so
1: you know I opened myself up and I said you know what I'm a lesbian just because I'm with another stud doesn't make me less of a lesbian because she's a woman too right Mm -hmm. she has a vagina too right Mm hmm so what's the big deal? Now, let me ask you a question.
0: Before you decided, how do, you, how do studs approach you? Was it the same and you just kind of turned them away before that? Or at a certain point when you decided to open up, did
1: you notice that they were coming to you more? Or was it about the same? I didn't know. I'm, listen, I'm oblivious when it comes to people liking me, number one. So it was no different for a stud liking me versus a, a femme. Okay. I was oblivious. I'll tell you this one quick story. So one time I was in St. Paul, Minnesota, hanging out with a couple of friends at a uh, bar. I don't remember the name of the bar, um, but I know my friends listening to this might remember that bar. I was dating someone at the time, and I went to the bar to grab me and the woman I was dating some drinks. While I was at the bar, I was approached by another studly-figured female— she stood next to me and she smiled at me, which she had a very nice smile. And she was just like, oh wow, I love your hat. I love your style. You look great. And I just took that as a regular compliment, but back then it was seen as, oh, she's flirting with you. Right. And I'm like, how is she flirting with me? She likes my hat. Yeah, she likes my hat. She's another stud that likes my hat because I've never been approached by a stud before. We just sat there talking while we were waiting for our drinks. And I told her, you know, I was just visiting. She asked me for my number. She was like, yo, you know, since you're going to be here for a little bit, you know, if you want to hook up, here's my number. Blah, blah, blah. I was like, oh, that's kind. She real (laughs) sweet. She's so cute. Mm -hmm. That's what's up. And I got back to my table and the young lady that I was courting at the time, she was like, what the fuck was that? Hmm. And I was like, wait, what? She was like, what the fuck was that? Old girl was hitting on you.
0: And I was like, no, she wasn't. She liked my hat. She She liked liked my my hat. Discuss hats
1: later on. (laughs) Right. I I don't know. Maybe we could get a beer
0: and uh, (laughs) talk about hats.
1: You know what I'm saying? Like, that's where it was. And it wasn't until a couple of of months or so later when I decided to open up those gates to let more applications come through, I realized what she meant by that. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, you know what? That the way that that woman approached me, even if she was flirting with me, even if she was trying to get with me, that was nice. She mm-hmm. was very pleasant. Right. I didn't even have films approach me like that back then. Films that I've known in my past, due to my height, because if y'all don't know, I'm five foot four inches of awesomeness and three quarters and three quarters. And when films approach me, they approach me on some motherfucking me tarzan you jane type shit (laughs) (laughs) it's like ooh me like you
0: (laughs) you You are mine
1: yeah here now right so that's how like films approach me because every film that i've ever dated in the past has always been taller than me way taller i'm not gonna make any short jokes please don't not right now i'm not it's not not the time i won't but nonetheless I got an idea of how she's seen that, even though I didn't see it. Mm -hmm. And because of that, it also opened me up to even wanting to invite studs. Because I'm like, they come off so pleasant. And this is so wonderful. You know, we can go out on dates and, you know, we can still do the same things. She's a girl, I'm a girl. What's the problem? And I think that
0: a lot of times what I've heard, other studs who date studs say is when it comes to opening up like like you did when you have a female that enjoys other females a lesbian femmes don't tend to offer this and that they don't offer to take the other other female you know on a date and things like that so another stud will
1: right so okay so does that lead to a question of did I experience that
0: Yes, sure. Why not? Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about the first time you were asked out.
1: That you are aware of. Oh, um, just being on Facebook, of course, and connecting and getting into, you know, some stud-for-stud stud groups on, on Facebook. I was able to connect and meet other people. I was approached uh, in Messenger. Somebody slid into the DM, mm-hmm. and, you know, they was just like, hey... I'm in your area, I would really like to, you know, go out for maybe a cup of coffee, if you're interested, uh, I think that it would be great, your personality, blah blah blah, you're very cute, more blah blah, and I was just kind of like, I felt like... A little girl in a dress right like you feel <laughs> like you feel honored so
0: much yeah, like, oh just someone's like, oh asking gosh. me and not me having to right. ask somebody and do everything all the time right I, I I'm sure maybe in the past it's at some point I probably felt like other people generally do like oh studs or studs what is that but honestly I can't remember when I did because as long as I can remember I always thought to myself what's wrong with it right I'm not understanding what the problem is right anyone who likes anyone like who you like like what's the problem here
1: right so even being uh the film that you've been all the different types of women that you've dated in your past have you ever seen two studies together plenty of times yeah
0: and it's it, not common but and as yeah, a film it
1: didn't make you feel like ugh.
0: not at all no Ew. No, no there's so many other things mm. i say ill about but that's definitely not one of them barf yeah no no mm-hmm.
1: no <laughs> oh god no none of that really no. Nah. have you ever heard or had friends that talked about mm-hmm. it or mentioned it and said some outlandish disrespectful ass shit when they've seen it um friends no
0: on social media I have definitely seen it but for me to have a friend like that no I can't say that I have anyone that I most people that I consider friends are more so open-minded when it comes to certain things gotcha. I don't think I would have a person who I consider a friend mm-hmm who would be so close-minded on that type
1: of thing. Right. So overall, and in regards to the whole stuff for stud thing, if you're a lesbian, I would hope that you understand what the fuck the term lesbian means as far as the definition. Even if you're listening and you're not lesbian. Right. Look, uh, Google it. Google it, Barbara.
0: There's Google no it. man
1: in the relationship. Right. If they're lesbians. Right. <laughs> right. Right. And even for stud for stud, because masculinity has no gender. And you heard it from Poison Ivy out of her own mouth, including myself. Masculinity has no gender. So as far as seeing two studs together they're still women you guys so they're still lesbians don't try to kick them out of the community don't because of it don't talk trash when you see a stud who's pregnant she's got a uterus
0: right she let had her, a vagina let, let her do whatever she wants to do with it <laughs> right it's hers not yours if you don't like it don't have one yeah and you don't know how she got pregnant right it could have been like in vitro type stuff you know what it might have been with a penis it's cheaper
1: yeah it is cheaper with a penis if that's how she chose to get pregnant so what so be it You know what I mean? And all of that sits firmly under the whole toxic masculinity thing. Women can have toxic masculinity too. Yeah. Yeah. Because like we said, masculinity has no gender. It's a way of thinking. Like you have to be conscious
0: of the dumb shit that you think just because it's what you've always known. Is what I think coming from myself or is what I think something that has been programmed or taught? Right. And that's how, when I started changing my views about a lot of things, I had to think about. Even now, like sometimes, you you know, it, this is something that I've always felt like. Okay, so is this coming from something that I've been taught? Or is this how I really feel inside about a situation? And I think most of the time... It's programming. It's programmed. Things that we think, a lot of times, is just programming.
1: Right. I guess that brings us to something that I think the people want to know. Oh. who are you ready? Who's the man in our relationship? Ooh
0: man's in the closet baby <laughs> our man sitting up in the closet on the shelf
1: who's the man in our
0: relationship babe if you're a man i haven't found it yet <laughs> i haven't found
1: out so if there's something you need to tell me right. let me know there's no man and this is coming from a stud and a femme there is no man in our relationship and we're would, both women would you classify, we share the masculinity would you
0: classify me as a femme let's just put it out there yeah. am i a femme to you yeah. okay
1: just, just and I can only go based off of my experiences, okay Because there's different labels out there. If you came up to me and you're like, I'm not a femme, stop calling me that then I won't label you as a femme anymore right. simple right. as that. And it's not an insult. If someone if you consider yourself
0: to be a stud and someone people call you femme all the time or you're a femme and people call you stud all the time, just like people used to do me. oh, you're a stud, I thought you were a stud, I thought you were a stud. I'm not offended. Why is that offensive? Right. I mean, if, if people see something in you, is femme stud offensive? That's something you need to analyze. Right. Number one, why are you taking it so personal? Why are you
1: taking it so in such a negative way? Right. Baby and I, we're open to all kinds of things. We share all kinds of different things, different views, and we agree on a lot of different views. Mm-hmm. You know, even when it comes to bedroom for play Ooh. four five six and seven eight play bum 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 ow <laughs> you know what i mean we don't really have any limits with each other and if, if we do if have my limits-
0: kids are listening please turn off now <laughs> Right.
1: <laughs> We don't have limits with each other. And if we do have limits, we discuss them. It's just that simple. Just like any relationship. Any relationship. Even if
0: you're in a poly relationship. Every relationship has some sort of limits or boundaries. Mm -hmm. Like, that's just normal. Mm -hmm. And I think that you have to find the limits. You have to play around with limits. I mean how do you even know your own personal limits unless you push a little bit?
1: Right. If Very something well. is
0: uncomfortable versus something is making you feel bad, to me, that's two different things. Right. Like, the first time you do anything, you're going to feel a little weird because it's the first time you do it. That doesn't mean that you're feeling bad about it.
1: hmm You know? And if you're in a loving, trusting relationship, like we are, a uh, relationship that doesn't have any bogus-ass toxicity running through the veins of it, then open up to your partner, you know? Yeah. There may be some things that you might discover that you like that you didn't that you did know you liked before. And how will you know unless you try it? Unless you try it. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, we don't hold back. We let each other know, hey, I'm down with that or no, I'm not down with that. And if I'm not down with that, I'm willing to compromise with you if that's something that you really like or something that you really want to do. Right. When it comes to... Sex for you when you've been with other people.
0: Mm-hmm. um I'm sure for you it was a challenge. You had to like you know close off at a certain point because when, dating femmes, femmes aren't going to be open to a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Femmes are not open to a lot
1: and we're not talking about fems as a whole just There's as far a, sh- as our experiences yes,
0: there are a lot of fems who are not that I've heard and I've heard a lot of studs tell me personally fems don't do this fems don't do that mm-hmm. so that's just going like she said of course when I say a certain thing I'm not including all I'm just going by you know there are a lot who I've been told a fair percentage right it's a thing put it like that right um yeah so fems aren't into strapping up some fems don't give head some you know this just it's just like what you know i'm gonna be honest i was the same way when it came to strapping up really <laughs> i was like what am i gonna do with that thing that thing don't belong on me <laughs> that thing don't go on me <laughs> what you want me to
1: do with that cletus <laughs> Wait, time out. For <laughs> real, babe? You were yeah. like... So, so let me wait. Let me get this straight. So you've been approached by other studs that you've been with in the past that wanted to try it out and you, you knocked them for it?
0: Um, No. I have been in conversations. Now, I have penetrated with apparatus, mm-hmm. but I had never, ever strapped up, mm-hmm. nor was I interested in doing it. And I didn't think I would ever do it either. I'll penetrate you. I'll take big boy in my hand and we're going to do something. But putting the whole strap on, I was like, no, who does that? No, not me, honey. I had to paint my nails. Mm-mm. No, 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 Why I don't do that. were
1: against it? Programming. Ah, it comes back to the programming. programming. Yeah. I agree with you there because, you know, I was against it too until, you know, I met a specific somebody in New York City Uh, spent some time in New York and that person just opened my eyes up to so many different things in regards to the pleasure principles of the body and Mm -hmm. the mind and so on and so forth and she was a great teacher Mm -hmm. and goes back to like I said how will you know unless you
0: try it now that doesn't mean that you must try everything but there's a difference between I can't do this because I'm not supposed to versus I can't do this because I'm just not interested. Right. That's two different totally right. different things. If you just don't want to do something because you don't think you're supposed to be doing it, well, is that thing hurting somebody? No. Okay. Is right. that thing meant for pleasure? Yes. Okay. So And your partner
1: is requesting it? Why right, not?
0: Right. Right. So what what's why aren't you doing it then?
1: I know why they're not doing it. They're not doing it because they think it's gonna make them look a certain way. Right. The same the same way that studs will not <laughs> invite penetration at all, even if it's from their girlfriend or fiance or wife or right. somebody that they're in a monogamous relationship with, they will still cut it off. Um, a lot of the times, simply because they don't want to look like a bitch. Right. They don't want to look like the femme.
0: And let me tell any femmes who are listening to, don't approach your stud with the the mentality of I'm going to strap on and I'm going to make you a bitch. Because right. if, if they either haven't done it or that's something they may be uncomfortable with you, if you approach it like that, having sex is not about making someone a bitch. It's about pleasure. So don't approach it with the whole, oh, I just want to wear her down. I want to make her a bitch. And I want to, well, I mean, no. <laughs> are you trying to please her or are you just trying to make her your bitch? Right. That's not that's not going to be the appealing way to do it. Right. And you're going to get a no and every this, time. And
1: keep in mind, like, this advice or these tidbits of advice isn't for everybody like we don't know what people have been through in the in their past right you know uh that may prevent them from exactly. even wanting to be penetrated right, right. um there's triggers and Absolutely. we don't want nobody to be triggered right but if you're in a healthy relationship and you're trying and you're wanting or thinking about it be it stud or femme and you're wanting ways to approach your woman these are just some good ideas of how to approach your woman and in all honesty if you guys are in a loving healthy relationship you guys should be having these types of conversations right anyway right you know what i'm saying don't be afraid to talk to your partner how can you be in a loving honorable relationship but you don't talk to your woman about nothing right you only talk to your friends about stuff like she's supposed to be your best friend yeah yeah that's insane Right. And I
0: mean, I've been there and it doesn't feel good to be able to talk to your friends about things, but that's something that you would
1: not say to your mate at all. The person that you lay with every night. Right. If y'all live together. Right. Or the person that you lay with, period. Even if y'all don't live together, because that's somebody that you're giving yourself to. You give yourself to this person. So how are you able to give to them some of the most delicate pieces of you But you can't even talk to them. You can't discuss with them some of the things that you're
0: wanting to explore. Your likes and your dislikes. Right. And it's your own personal responsibility to please yourself, in my opinion. But it's up to you to discuss with your mate and assisting you on knowing how to help please you. Mm -hmm. It's not for your mate or whomever. Right. It's not their job to know what to do or be the person responsible for your pleasure or whatever.
1: That's your responsibility. Absolutely. They're there to assist you. That's it. I mean... That was great. That was great. And I've never personally looked at it that way before. Like, my pleasure is my fucking business. It's yours. I need to be able to put out there my like versus my dislike mm-hmm. it's not for my mate to figure it out
0: make suggestions yes yes make but suggestions. not up to them only to know right i wanted to talk about the first time i strapped up because i think it was hilarious <laughs> oh, oh. that was indeed
1: so we're here oh we i know you guys are itching to hear poison ivy's story But you're just going to have to stay tuned. I mean, which isn't far-fetched. All you have to do is click on the next episode labeled Who's the Man Part 2. And you can get all the juicy details of her first time. We do greatly appreciate you guys for vibing with us. See you next time. Point Dex out.